And welcome into Heads or Tails. Bill Priest here along with Michael Rudolph. Once again, after one week vacation, back here inside the studio, looking at heads or tails. Are we in headwinds or in tailwinds? Taking a look at the CPI and the PPI. And uh, where are we going here first here, Michael? Uh, so we're looking at housing starts. We have uh, data from the month of July, and um, it's a mixed blessing because you look at the data, right, and it looks very promising. Uh, housing starts are up 6% year over year in July, uh, 4% month over month. Right, this is good news, and we expect um, you know home building to accelerate in the second half of this year. Why do we do that? Well, because of a little thing called deflation, or a little parallel to deflation. Or so uh, deflation is a bad thing, right? It's not synonymous with disinflation, which is what we're trying to do right now. Right. Um, and the underlying cause of this uh, deflation in the housing market, at least, is slowing velocity. Right. So we have mortgage rates jacked up to their highest since 2000. Right. 7.23% on your average 30-year fixed uh, as of last week. That means that anybody who has an existing home is unlikely to sell because they would have to refinance their mortgage uh, into, you know, astronomically high. I mean, they probably got it uh, locked in at like 2.5%. Why would they want to do it at 7.23? So that limits the uh, supply of existing homes coming on the market, right? What's the solution? Because there's still such strong housing demand, you build them, right? And if you build them, they will come. They will move in with their U-Hauls and whatnot. So that is promising for the future, but you know the mortgage rates are still high, and housing demand is stable. But like, how long will that persist? Um, you know, amid these uh, tight credit conditions, we ask the home builders, right? You look at uh, the National Association of Home Builders survey; they're pretty neutral about uh, the future. Um, the latest survey showed that sentiment fell six points month over month to fifty. Right? Neither good nor bad. They're just right. kind of you know holding on to their chips and seeing how it plays out. Right? So, uh, and permits are down a little bit um, in July. I mean, they're still up month over month, but down year over year. So that gives us kind of leading indicator of how housing starts will fare. Nevertheless, we should expect some robust demand for housing. Again, this is regional, right? So the West Coast and, um, you know, the Midwest are still very hot properties. The South and the Northeast, not so much. I mean, the, the West is really where the home building is going to be. Gotcha, that's point. Let's move on here to our next chart. Where we're we going here, we're going to, oh, the supply management. Jersey. Right. So the ISM PMI, or the Institute of Supply Management Metrics, Purchasing Managers Index, this is our kind of survey read of the industrial economy in the U.S., right? And so we have, again, kind of a mixed blessing, right? We do see improvement on the month-over-month basis. This is a sentiment index that is neutral at 50, right? So any reading below 50 indicates contraction. So while we did see the indexes and the sub-indices improve on a month-over-month basis, they're still below 50, which means that we're in a bit of a slowdown. It's mild. It's not going to get worse. But, you know, it's going to take a while to get really appreciably uh, better. Now, this is in stark contrast to what we're seeing in China, right? And this is going to drive a lot of future exports, or lack thereof, uh, from China, uh, especially to, like, West Coast ports, uh, L.A. and Long Beach. Um, what we're very worried about, and the reason I was uh, talking so much about um, deflation in the housing market is because China is also, uh, you know, threatening deflation there. The most ba- uh, famous, like, uh, probably asset bubble is Japan in the 1980s, 1990s, uh, was real estate, right? We have a similar situation threatening to unfold in China as well. The housing market is so artificially propped up by government stimulus. They've been, you know, pulling back off the accelerator for a little bit now, but it's still an asset bubble threatening to pop. Um, And so what people will do, businesses and households alike, instead of, you know, as when this asset bubble pops, right, all their balance sheets, all their investments will uh, decrease dramatically. In such a mode, they threaten to 
decrease their future investments, right, and just try and pay down their existing debt. This is worrisome because it decouples the economy from all the levers that the central banks can pull, which is right, increased or decreased interest rates, right? If nobody is going to uh, borrow credit anyways, it doesn't really matter which levers you're pulling. So yeah. that is fearsome that people could just kind of hoard money, pay down their debt, and not really stimulate the economy there. We're not threatening such a situation in the U.S., and this may actually be a positive for us because people have already been decoupling, manufacturers have been decoupling from China, uh, reshoring to the U.S. or nearshoring to Mexico. Um, this could spur, spur domestic manufacturing in a big way, right? Just China is not a great place to be. Although, you know, if situations get so dire and then labor becomes cheap again, then we could have a repeat of 2,000 in more ways than one, uh, and it all goes back to China. It takes a lot of time to, you can't just like pull up infrastructure, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of time to make these decisions. They're measured in, you know, five years, 10 years, not, you know, every minute. So we'll see what, how that unfolds. But uh, for the time being. Uh, gonna, yeah, so our last chart here. This is not a good sign, right? Because this yeah. is what is, uh, you know, this is all being fed to the flatbed uh, outbound tender reject index. And so what I actually have pulled up for comparison is 2019's average throughout the whole year of FOTRI. Um, that was 8.33%, right? That was, a, you know, a pretty bad year for trucking in general. It was a recession uh, for the industry. We are even lower than that now at 6.12%. That's kind of incredible to believe because FOTRI has been the one strength among all the different modes of OTRI, right? It's been in the double digits for the most part. And now it's just threatening to fall back where dry vans and reefers are in a time when dry vans and reefers are ascendant. So if you look at the industrial economy and what this all translates to the trucking market, right? Flatbed carriers are not seeing this, right? They are in kind of dire straits right now. And it's unlikely that things will get very, uh, it'll, the, the situation will reverse for them anytime soon. And again, it's also a reflection of uh, you're seeing uh, housing starts, but obviously that will impact FOTRI quite a bit when you have all of the uh, materials that need to go to, to, to building sites as well, of course. If that's not working, if that's, that's where it is at this point, then housing, that will stim not stimulate housing starts there as well. Well, we hope it will get better in the future over the next yeah. six months. So that's a mild tailwind, but you know, it's pretty dicey right there. All right. So headwind or tailwind right now? You've got a mixed bag. Yeah, mixed bag. I'm going to say mild tailwind because just because I want to be optimistic. All right. Well, that's very good. Michael, thanks so much for joining us here for this edition of Heads or Tails. We'll see you next week. We'll come back with lots more uh, content here on Freight Waves Now. <laughs>